Welcome to the 2019 Baldi's Awards. These are the, the, the deliberation videos. Let's see if I can say that. It's tough. Uh, we intend these things to be watched sort of after you watch the Baldi ceremony. So if you haven't seen that yet, maybe go check it out and then come back if you have questions or want to see the whole process. Uh, maybe wonder why we voted a certain way. This is where you'll get all that information. Also, we're going to spoil every single bit of everything on this list. So if you haven't seen it all, don't watch this. If you haven't seen every piece of television and film that came out this year, you probably shouldn't watch. That's not true because this is actually not intended to be a comprehensive list of everything that came out this year. It's actually just everything that we saw, either one of us saw, that came out somewhere between January 1st and December 31st, 2019. So if you're wondering, oh, why didn't X get included? It's probably because we didn't see it or it didn't come out this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think without further ado... Let's check out the Baldies. All right. We are back with another deliberation. Uh, we are going to be doing best male actor. Uh, again, the the way this works is you have to be a actor in a television show that aired during 2019. Movie acting is not eligible. Um, and as you'll see, there's all kinds of implicit and explicit biases that... <laughs> You know, drama tends to trump uh, uh, comedy. Uh, guest starring roles tend to be drumped, uh, drumped, uh, trumped by main feature starring roles. Uh, but uh, th that might uh, give you a clue to how we are going to deliberate this. But we have a huge field of candidates. Let's get right to it. Uh, I suggest we do the do it to the top method. It's worked for us so well. Rise to cream. Drop mm. the crap. Drop uh, the crap. I, mean, I still want to know what separates from the cream. It's when you rise it to the top, <laughs> the cow serum, it's the milk, it's the cow. Uh, Mahershala Ali as Wayne Hayes from True Detective season three to the top, paired up with Stephen Dorff as Roland West from True Detective season three. Both to hard the to top. take him to the top because they're already there. Let's keep rolling. Ian McShane as Mr. Friday, American Gods. D d d he'll, really? He'll That's what he got nominated for? Not the Deadwood movie? I guess no movies. No movies. Hmm. Ooh, that's a hmm. That really test our test our. Uh, yeah, because he's excellent at Deadwood. Yeah, I mean, we have movie. to throw Timothy Oliphant on here. A whole bunch of other mm -hmm. stuff. All right, he's fine. He's going to be dropping Jared Harris as Valerie Legosov from Chernobyl. Uh, he's, do he's we want to take him and his uh, sure. partner Boris Sherbina? Okay. Yeah. The Chernobyl boys. Whoa, Chernobyl boys. What the f? You did not cut. That's for sure. Okay, let's oh, take him and happening? put him to the top. To I the top. I don't think I need to do that. Henry Cavill, I haven't seen him. Henry Cavill is Geralt of Riviera. Uh, of the Riviera, yeah. I, I don't think I want to send him to the top. We'll see how things go. Uh, Anna Chalotra, and No, she's off the list. Yeah, what? she's dead. She's, she's off the best male actor sorcery. list. Sorry, sorcery. Anya, you tried to sneak in. Sorcery. Uh, James Franco uh, as as both Vincent Martino and Frankie Martino from The Deuce. Mm -hmm. That probably goes to the top. What about Paul his, uh, and, and Big Mike? Uh, Chris Coy and yeah, Mustafa to the Shakir. Top. To the top with all of them. Uh, keep Thaddeus Street in there, too. All right, man. To the top. To the top. <laughs> A lot of those are going to get eliminated because they're very small roles. They're very small roles, yes. Uh, Anthony Starrs, John slash Homelander from The Boys. Yeah, to the top. To the top? Yeah. He's he's fucking terrifying. He's fucking all right. Uh, all right. Speaking of fucking, Wes Chatham. Wes Chatham to the top. And Thomas Jane to the These top. Are, this is Amos and Joe uh, and Miller from the Expanse. Well, that's Stephen Strait to the top. Let's just Stephen put them all Strait. To the top. All right, Let's all keep the Expanse going. boys going to the. All right, Tim Blake, Jeremy to Irons, top. Rami Malek, Elliot Villar, B.D. Wong. God, this field is too. Too good. How about Scoot McNair? We're going to send him to the top yeah, two. What? To the top. Why not? Okay. Oh, Robert Sheehan as Klaus Hargreaves. Okay. Here's Hargreaves, where we can have a discussion. God, I got to take these guys to the top first. All right. <laughs> God damn. Just a, just a, just, just a, I don't know. Uh, Klaus, hard pile up here. Klaus is the guy who sees the dead. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very, very kooky personality. That I really like. Yeah. Um, 
What's your feeling on to the top? I'm uh, uh, no. I've, uh, I feel like we've already sent the top tens worth to the top. I'm not inclined <laughs> to the top twenty. Here, let me. Do you want to? Let me just do one of these. Boom! What do you think about that? There are twenty in the there top. There we go. Uh, well, I mean, so I, I think this is in the Henry Cavill range. What about Noah okay. Schnapp for as Will Byers from Stranger Things? Uh, I still think it's not to the top. Hmm. Interesting. I think he's the only of the kids who made it from Trudy Tech or from uh, Stranger Things this year. Yeah, uh, other than Millie Bobby Brown is eleven. All right, Bill Hader to the top for Barry. His performance in Barry. What about Anthony Kerrigan from uh, for, as Noho Hank, uh, Stephen Root as uh, Fuchs, and Henry Winkler as Gene Cosenau. Uh, to the top. Not all. Surely not all of them. I, I guess I want to talk about all of them, but I don't. I don't. They definitely won't stay there. I'm not, okay. Like, so this is the people we're sending to the we top, top. We want to talk about. Then. Is that is that how this is going? Kind of. Yeah. Like okay. everybody else, we're just gonna kind of get get put them in the dustbin. Well, then I better throw a Henry Cavill to the top too because I think he tip. needs to be at least talked about. Uh, from that standpoint, uh, cool. Ah oh, man, there's so many to the top. So many. Yeah. This is your fault. I can't, I can't help it. They're all so good. Uh, what do we have up here? Like, okay, I nice. really enjoyed Aziraphale and Crowley. Are they and top I want to top them, but like. Well, we want to talk about them. Shit. On, uh, De Julio Torres uh, mm-hmm. how, as, uh, as Andre from Los Spookes. What about uh, Andrew Scott as the hot priest from Fleabag to the top? Yeah, Danny McBride can stay where he's at. Okay, what about Walton Goggins as Uncle Uncle Baby Uncle Uncle Baby Billy? I feel like he's very much in the same Danny McBride bag here. Like <laughs> he's kind of just playing the character he always plays. Like a lot of these, a lot of these actors are getting pigeonholed uh-huh. into doing what they do so well. Sure, Which you can make a career out of, but I don't know that it stands out at a certain point. Yeah, I mean, the, Walton Goggins is playing just Walton Goggins. Yeah, he's he's smooth. He's you know countrified he's very much like Walton boyd Goggins. crowder yep except maybe a little less intelligent yep a little bit dumber a little a little bit more comedic in his styling and a little more religious a little bit but little. that's about it uh okay so do we just want to just talk about all these guys because like we just made a mess jim we just we went through a list and did nothing we did no work is there any way we can delineate from we we moved our pile of laundry from one side of the bedroom to the <laughs> other is what we did we eliminated five ian mcshane is where i think the okay. top stops yep fuck ian mcshane fuck robert sheehan from umbrella academy fuck noah schnapps and stranger things but don't, Dan McBride. But don't fuck noah schnapp i don't think he's legal get fucked uh walton goggins uh no one wants to suck an old man's cock get out of here uh all right so let's go up to the top michael sheen as uh aziraphale from good omens was very good proper prissy uh kind of epicurean or hedonistic angel that mm-hmm. that started off you know garden to garden 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 to garden like he's supposed to but man life on earth is, is pretty nice we make we make really comfy shoes it is and he, he forms art, a friendship with a demon you, get, you got yeah i mean there's they're supposed to be here kind of like fomenting things and the mm-hmm. the, the, the 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 interesting and i think the really cool thing about the relationship is it starts off you know they're they're arch enemies yeah. and they realize that like you know what if we both try our hardest we keep each other in check mm. and we foil each other's attempts at both evil and good. And we both sort of enjoy the lives we built in this plane of existence. So what, and we and don't want that to go so, away. So, so what if we just don't do that? Yeah. And we just hang out for that a couple thousand years. There's and, no difference. Yeah. Right. It looks the same. We will keep filing the action reports and, you know, it very much feels like a, a relationship, like an established gangster gets with a, you know, corrupt police official, and they just kind of agree mm-hmm. to like, oh, maybe you'll throw me a couple bones here and there, but, uh, and and I like it. And you know, you you could talk, uh, um, you know, David Tennant uh, as Crowley from uh, Good Omens is the, he's the, the the counterpart. He's the kind of the more of the the rock star. He's got a little like a sleazy thing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like evil, but with a lowercase e. Um, yeah, I I don't. Yeah, they're they're, they're good. They're good, but like, 
I doubt they make the top 10 now that we've we've gone through the top 30. Yeah, I think Michael Sheen is pretty excellent. David Tennant is playing more on the the natural charisma that he has as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't want to discount totally, but like I, I feel like the Aziraphale performance was harder for Michael Sheen <laughs> than David Tennant's Crowley performance. I almost feel like you could have just popped in to David Tennant's living room and gotten the same footage. Yeah. So you think Michael Sheen's playing a little bit more of a character? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, yeah. The the last thing I saw Michael Sheen in was... I've seen them both was, in a lot of things. Yeah, last thing I saw Michael Sheen in was uh, Masters of Sex, and he was a completely, mm-hmm. completely different character. Tron um, Legacy, he's sort of a similar-ish character. You're right. He's like, like the a little sleep, nightclub More of the Crowley in him. But like that... that sort of eccentricity okay let's talk about julio torres as torres as uh, andre from los Espookis. i like this better than both of these people so uh, both michael and david so i would put him to the top okay from here what do you think yeah i mean it's an intensely interesting character i mean it's, I, it's more interesting than anything that it wouldn't surprise me and i hope i get to see this if, if i see julio torres for 15 more years is that you pretty much get get what you see here right like this is kind of like because i know him from a little bit of his (laughs) writing on snl like he's got a very particular i I saw his hour or was it an hour yeah full hour comedy special on hbo i I I saw the preview for that and it seemed like he was not playing a character in los spookies no he's just really kind of like weird interesting funny askew takes on things uh he kind of plays i I think that is a bit that is a character of that that he's playing in the same way that like uh you know, Will Ferrell, you know, oh, is essentially Will Walton Ferrell. Goggins. Yep. And like, you know, early Jim Carrey is like, yeah. you know, you're getting Jim Carrey no matter, you know, whether he's the Riddler, whether he's a pet detective, mm. whether he's wearing a fucking mask, it's Jim Carrey. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's it's a it's a good fresh flavor. I like it. He's he's taking a trip to the top. Okay. Uh, Andrew Scott, priest from Fleabag. This guy is kind of having a little bit of a. I don't know if it's a renaissance. Uh, he was never there to he's, renaissance. He's making us. the most of his spotlight in the career. He yes. had a, pr- a minor but memorable role in uh, uh, 1917. I saw him in a couple other things lately. But mm-hmm. I actually like his performance better than I would put him above uh, the the two demons or the demon and angel and good omens, but below Julio Torres. Julio Torres. Okay. Yeah, that feels right to me. Okay. Henry Cavill, uh, as I said on Twitter, is Geralt of Rivia. I've never, uh, before I'd watched this Netflix show, The Witcher, I had never played the video games. I'd never read the books. But, and I thought he looked goofy in the posters. But within like the first five minutes, I'm like, oh, I get who this guy is. And he was selling a very particular kind of like a terse, uh, laconic, um, amused up until he's pissed off and he's cutting you in half. Uh, you know, he's kind of like in, in disbelief at all the bullshit that's, that's, that's going on around him a little bit anachronism in like the modernity of his views and kind of sense of human viewpoint. And that I'm, I'm now 60 hours in the Witcher three and yeah, yeah he he is he gerald it. so mm-hmm. great um i like his physicality uh i like everything he did with the performance i like that he wore the stupid yellow eyes uh which apparently is a big deal being able to wear and act in contacts is is beyond some people mm-hmm. um but i don't I, I don't know is maybe he's i maybe he's better than michael or sheen or david Tennant. but this it's, is where like i'm shaded amelia clark is that what huh? you're doing there huh you throwing shade at Amelia Clark? I, I don't know. It's more it's more shades of uh, the the producers and the people that couldn't make the stuff work. But okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm fine with leaving him there. Now Bill Hader is Barry Berkman uh, on the titular Barry. Man, he's so good. He okay. He's better than the demons. He's better than Andrew Scott as the priest. He's better than Julio Torres. I mean, it's interesting. A lot of these guys, this, these are all ca- comedy roles, like duking out. At, at, but I, I think, yeah. I think he's given like the, the range he shows. He's hilarious, yeah. and he also uh, is capable of generating real emotion here. Yeah, and I, I love the moments where 
Barry turns from extremely subdued uh, to like unleashing the rage, and we saw some of that in this season, the particularly. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he's doing those plays, um, those rehearsals with yeah. uh, Sally, and he he is able to get to a place that is genuinely scary. Yeah, when you tap that anger play in her her ex, and yeah, it's like like yeah. lit the stage on fire. <laughs> right. Pretty good stuff. I think he's number one. There he goes to the top. I am comfortable putting him there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if he'll stay there, but. Uh, so Anthony Kerrigan is Noho Hank from Barry. This is, this is my favorite, actual toys. favorite character on the show. Yeah, he's just a pleasure to watch. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a ridiculous, ridiculous yeah. character. Well, how would you describe him if someone hasn't seen him? He's he's a do nothing. I don't know. He's useless. He is. I guess effeminate would be a word for his demeanor. Like. I don't know how to describe him. There's there's something about him that's also wrapped up in just the look. He's like a he, no he, he's, he's got like a new age in touch with his feelings personality. Okay. In yeah. in the body of a Chechenian gangster. Yeah, and he wants he very much wants to be respected in that way. Uh-huh. But he's too soft for most of the crime types in that show. And and not just soft but also completely unskilled. And he is completely like he's bad. Yeah. At... Useless is kind of where I was getting with that. Yeah. 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 Um, he's useless in his the role he wants. So, what do we do with Noho Hank? <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you think he's better than any of the demons? Either of the demons? Because I mean, the other yeah, thing is, I, he's, I think this so. is a this is a very supporting role. It is, yeah, but it's, a, but, it's but it's a big season for him. Yeah, and it's it's. I, I'd say that he's kind of like like Amos on The Expanse, where it's it's mm-hmm. a supporting role, um, but it's an ensemble. It's kind of an ensemble cast, and uh... yeah, I mean, I, I think he's. <laughs> oh God, I tried to keep that from happening. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I think he's better than. The demons. Is he better than Hot Priest from Fleabag? Mm. He's more one note than Hot Priest. I think it's hard to be that charming and appealing that Andrew Scott pulls off. Oh, I agree. And and he's got to show emotion underneath that sort of carefree attitude. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I like Andrew Scott's performance a lot, so I don't know if Noho Hank beats it. I don't. I don't think any of the other performances from Barry beat it in my mind. All right, uh, so we're just gonna drop it to right below Andrew Scott. Okay, not a bad place to land if you're Noho for now. Uh, now yeah. let's talk about the rest of the gentlemen from Barry. You got Stephen Root, hilarious. Not as big of a role in because you know him and Barry are in the outs this season, so he doesn't have as big of a role. But it's an important role. It's the arguable main villain. Yeah, toward the very end of the season, he gets to do more. Uh huh. Um, I don't know because during the season, he is he's working with the cops, right? He's being coerced into working with them, and so he has a lot of stuff to do around that. Um, and then that whole thing blows up. And then his relationship with Barry blows up and he's got to become a villain, just a mm-hmm. straight up villain. And man, when that turn happens, I was really impressed. Well, that's what's nice because he's a he's a he's just a really good character actor. I think he lends mm-hmm. more comedic than dramatic, but yeah, he's got those chops. I mean, this is this is the guy who I first stumbled across in office space sure. playing Milton, who yep. was a nothing of a human being. Yep. He's the rootin' tootin' shootin' judge and uh, justified. And now he's a, a manipulator of a, a killer mm-hmm. turned, you know, villain. Like <laughs> the the guy you thought was helping Barry to to now the guy who's very much not. And it's there's a lot of range in that performance. 
do okay is there any daylight between michael sheen and david Tennant? do you think he's better than michael sheen i guess as as Arafail and good omens because you said I, I felt like there was some daylight between him and david there a little bit yeah you could could we slip him in there does that feel like something like uh for now yeah that because here's oh, the thing now? i okay. think anybody who's not like top three right now runs a real risk of being knocked out of the top 10 by the end of this you're probably right there are some fucking beasts how about the end of this list henry winkler as gene cosano man i liked him this season a lot um he might travel in a pack with stephen root is he better than stephen root um i say no no, I, i don't think so i can't wait to see him next season because next season he's primed to do he's gonna have a lot to do some really difficult good stuff yeah might not even might not make it out of next season alive. Maybe not. Uh all right, so let's do that then, yeah. Okay. That brings us to West Chatham. Oh, as... I thought you said Henry Winkler was not better than Steven Root. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Which I agreed with. Uh again, not that it matters. Top ten's gonna be packed. Okay, let's go to West Chatham as Amos from the Expanse. I think he is better than Everybody except who Bill Hader. Wow. You're really in the tank for Amos, aren't you? I think, well, yes. But also, Amos was funny. Amos was poignant. Amos was tragic this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave a, he gave me a lot of, he gave me a lot of uh, good looks. And yes, I'm in the tank for Amos. <laughs> uh, but I think it's defensible. Like he's a uh, he's he's uh, the he's one of the the main crew of what four on the show that's got like you know like what what was there there's three more three roles maybe more important than his this season. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, the real questions start happening around Andrew Scott. Like when we're talking about raising West Chatham above Andrew Scott. So because... you're saying there's no debate. This is fine. That's totally fine. Okay, me, yeah. so that moves him right, right between uh, on the number four spot, right underneath Andrew Scott. Why is Amos not as good as the priest? <sighs> hmm. I kind of think you're right because, like, man, like I said, Andrew Scott plays like a completely unobtainable romantic interest for Fleabag. That then you're like, oh well, maybe, and then like he's very vulnerable, and then there's like he's he also brings like some true sexual heat, like that scene where he comes out of the confession booth and says, "Neil, holy shit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my god," and there, uh, there's the scene in the cafe when they, when Fleabag realizes that he's taking some kind of pity on her mm. as someone who has not found God or something, yeah. something is like. He looks at her as a damage that he needs to fix. Yeah. The way he plays that is just perfect. Both of them actually. There's like a there's a moment where they both realize, oh shit, the the real nature of this relationship has been uncovered and yes. it's a little bit more disturbing than we all thought. Yes. And how he kind of skulks out of that cafe really like hit me as a great performance. Okay, because it was very different. Like that, the whole demeanor of that character switched in that moment. And, okay, because I, I think it's easy easy to put him over Noho, but you're right. He starts running into problems. I, I uh, in fact, Andrew Scott might 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 need to go up a bit. Maybe we'll, um, we'll talk about it. Okay, uh, let's talk Thomas James Joe Miller. Is he better? I, he just Joe. His first name is Miller. Uh, Joe Miller's first name is Joe. That's what that's I got this oh, from fuck. Wikipedia. That's Joe a bad Miller. first name, Miller. He's just some Joe. I only know him as Miller. <laughs> uh, Thomas Jane as Joe. Miller from The Expanse. Can we give him a better first name? Can we give him like... Thaddeus? Thaddeus is a better first Bartholomew. name. Bartholomew. Isn't a Thaddeus on this list? Somewhere? Probably. Yeah, Thaddeus Street, Black Frankie. There you go. Uh, He's a badass. What do you think about... Because here's the thing. What he's playing is very tough and ill-defined and nebulous but he's crushing it what he's doing yeah he's playing this like he brings an alien quality to it yeah and they help him with special effects and they give him like a little bit of a stutter and stuff but like he's uh 
it's it's very neat to see him switch between the investigator and Miller, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's that's pretty good, and it's hard to do. Uh, but I he's not better than Amos. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you were to compare to Amos, where would you? No, I don't. I don't think he's better than Amos. So and he also has so very little to do this season. Right. Like there are three scenes maybe with him in it. Yeah, there's whole episodes where he's completely uh, AWOL. So I think. Hmm. Hmm. Here's something maybe controversial. I'm okay leaving him where he's at. Okay. Because he's not going to crack the top 10 just simply because the role wasn't there. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> okay. I just flipped. I just flipped. I, just, uh, I put him over. I put him over the Gerald of Rivia uh, yeah. uh, bar. So he's sitting at 10 place. Steven Strait. James Holden. He's, uh, he's much better this season. Yeah. I, honestly, and I, I don't think know if that's because he has a harder thing to do or... Or just like more a more obvious thing to do, like playing very tired, mm. is kind of a more obvious thing than playing very like altruistic. But he, I, I, he did the one of the reasons Amos works so well is because he's such a good scene partner. Yeah. Like you know the relationship between these two men um, was sold very very well, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually think that. Complaints about Stephen Strait's acting have been kind of overblown since, like, like essentially season two, because yeah. he just keeps getting better and better. And I think also, it's hard to tell whether how much is him getting better and how much uh, uh, is just the character of Holden is slowly removing the stick out of his ass. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's becoming a more nuanced character, which leads to better performances. But I also don't think he's better than Amos. And I don't know if that's character, that's actor, that's what that's that's material or what. But, but I like, know in this season he he's able to get over Miller. Thomas sure. Jane. Sure. So maybe we can start there. Uh okay. Let's start him in number two. Well, is he better like, is he better than the demons? Uh why well, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Probably not. I, really? I don't know. I don't know. Both those demons are just so flamboyant in their own ways where Stephen Strait is playing a very straight character. Like James Holden is not a particularly interesting or nuanced character. He's becoming more so. Mm. And I think, but I, I don't know. James Holden is just not, it's not a very, it's not a particularly meaty role. Whereas something like Crowley and Aziraphale are, Okay. Uh, well, then, how about Tim Blake Nelson as Wade Tillman, the Looking Glass on Watchmen? Yeah, man. Some of those episodes where we delve into his backstory and the pathos that that has caused uh, were powerful. And I don't know if it's just for me personally because the the backstory is so so relatable. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to give him credit for all the young kids acting too, but like, no, right, right, that's like, not him. Yeah, that's his character. I'm, I'm, I'm judging a character, not a performance. Uh huh. Okay, big problems. Most of a scene, he's wearing a reflective mylar mask. True. Uh, and so that's like seventy percent of his scenes. Another twenty percent of the scenes, he's wearing it where it covers his eyes or uh, up to his nose. Mm-hmm. And then there's like ten percent where he's just like acting. Yeah. And he's excellent. But he's, you know, it's like one of those, like, you know, kind of, um, you know, Midwestern men that are not very demonstrative. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he starts to show, like, some anger and frustration, but he's not allowed to just kind of, like, fly the way some of these other people are. I, I think the, the the role holds him back a little bit. Um, I agree. I think he's excellent in the role, um, but you're right. He doesn't so, get a big opportunity to shine. So what does that mean? Like, I think that I mean, he is the in the Thomas Jane's. Yeah. Like maybe better than both of them, but like, that's about where he's going to roll. Yeah. Now, Jeremy Irons as Adrian Veidt from the Watchmen. Uh, who boy. Cause this is not a, I mean, this is a full on scenery chewing, mm-hmm. uh, wallowing in the shit performance. And Jeremy Irons is kind of built for those kind of roles. Yeah. So, I think he's up there in the top five, if you ask me. Like maybe number five, honestly. In, in the moments where he maybe number four he breaks out of that mold, that's where you see kind of the the stuff that impresses me. Is when what what you are show those moments? Range. Like um, 
the the moment he has with Doctor Manhattan, where he asks to be transported to mm. to uh, fucking yeah. Europa. Europa. Uh huh. Um, there's a there's a sadness. There's a weight in that performance that doesn't you know crack the surface very often. Mm-hmm. Um. Is he better than NoHo Hank? Because that's also a scenery-chewing performance. <laughs> it's hmm. tough because you got you got comedy versus drama. You've got what I would argue is a leading role in an ensemble cast versus less so in an ensemble cast in NoHo Hank. Um, I don't know, man. What are you thinking? Hmm. He does a lot of solo work too, or work against. Not that they're bad actors, but they're actors playing unfinished people. Yeah, uh, you know, like like they're 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 playing people that are not all there. He doesn't have like you know a Regina King uh, to 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 really spar with um, until the, the very end of the series. So I think that counts as well. But yeah, I mean, I I could see an argument for putting him above uh, Wes. Uh, just in terms of like fucking, you know, a- acting and you know, uh, overpowering the screen with his presence and charisma. But I mean, West Chatham is exactly what he needs to be for Amos. Uh-huh. Like I, I cannot imagine a better actor or an actor more suited to that role. Both okay, well, let's in physical appearance. Let's leave and... him there then and move on to Rami Malik from uh, Mr. Robot. He plays the, the title <laughs> character. Well, not the title I mean... character. He plays the lead character, uh, Elliot Alderson. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he goes all the way to the top. I... Okay, can, can we let's package Elliot Villar up there too as Fernando Vera, and then we can maybe talk about that because. Okay, you want to take him to the top? Because I'm saying hell no. I, yeah, I, I just want to put him there, and then we'll we'll adjust him because like to the top. When I think of season four of Mr. Robot, I think of them working off of each other. Not always. I mean, there there's one standout episode in particular that's just like you have any lesser performances, and that episode crumbles. And and when I look at the disparity between Elliot Villar as a person. And Fernando Vera as a character, I just my mind is blown. Like if you've seen his interviews, I haven't. He, that's the thing. You have? Uh, uh-uh, I haven't. Oh, he is nothing like Fernando Vera. Does he have like a posh British accent? Like what? Like no, how? he. But he seems like a like a very straight laced, like mild mannered mm. kind of person as an actor who takes his craft very seriously, and it turns out performances like Fernando Vera, which. The problem with Could Fernando Vera be farther from who he is. The problem with Fernando Vera is I don't, I don't think that he was conceived in season one to do the things that he eventually did in season four. Like I'll, I'll give, uh, yeah. I'll give Sam a lot of credit for like playing straight a lot of the stuff from the beginning, but this guy's always a bit of like a, a love, a, like a mini boss for level mm-hmm. one of Mister Robot, and a little bit of a co- kind of comic relief. Although he is menacing, he's always menacing, mm-hmm. but like he's written like a joke. At, at he's times, written, yeah. written like a a way a, a way in brothers parody of a gangster. Yeah, like a know? warrior poet, uh, like a novice warrior poet, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like this weird. So, like, I, I feel like the 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 character's con- conception is a little off, and he really only has the one episode. Yeah. And the reason that that's memorable is because of what the hell Rami Malek is doing, and and Gloria Rubin is doing. Um, and I, the thing is, is like, I didn't, um, I don't know. Maybe we should have put Gloria Rubin this forth, forth as a, as a female actor. Nom, but I just feel yeah. like he's way overrated because I mean, you, I don't know. Maybe you got a better handle on it from seeing the interviews and stuff, but I feel like the, if you went and did a casting call for like tough guy, he is not that far above the replacement value of just an average, like s- someone that you, you bring hmm. in. Like any do any any male actor from The Wire could have played this role better and more authentic and scarier, more insightful. Like you know, there's like I I don't know. Like I I like this is excellent material. This is like some fucking mammoth stuff that they're able to do in this yeah 
the stage play of an episode and i i don't know i'd like it's wild to put him above like the bill bill hater and yeah I'm not, even, I'm not even saying he should stay here okay let's uh, say how I don't far even he know drops malik stays yeah he is, but like i'm fine with putting rami malik over bill hater he's fine with being number one for now but i'm saying elliot drops he's not as good as bill not as good as julio not as good as andrew scott the priest and flea bag he's not as good as ah uh, yeah so the thing that holds Elliot Villar back in my mind is that the role is very small. Mm-hmm. He has one episode where he really just crushes it in my mind. Like I, I, I'm not even sure I agree with your assessment that anyone from the wire could have done better. I think anyone from the wire could have pulled it off. Okay. I think Villar's, you know, he, <laughs> th- there's something about that particular character, which is extra menacing to me, but like the role is so small. Mm-hmm. It's one episode essentially. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm fine moving him down. Here's How where far, I where do I go? This with is this? what I would do. Okay, and actually, I'd probably do. I'd almost do like that. Hmm. But I'd also hear an argument for like, you know. I think I'm more. I need to start narrating like what eight. I'm doing more often because most people listen to this podcast and watch the video. But uh, uh, well, that's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very visual thing. So right now he's right underneath. He's at the number four spot with Andrew Scott uh, for, for portrayal of Priest from Fleabag. Um, I think I almost drop him. I can see a case for dropping him to eight. Okay, that's where. So now he, Jeremy Irons is a more starring role. Uh huh. And he do you mean doing like do you mean like dropping no, just him? like you got it there. okay okay yeah that's that's kind of and I, again like I I would be okay with that hmm. yeah I don't I don't know I doesn't right. sit right with me all right well let's leave it like that and see what happens uh so now where are we oh BD Wong holy shit <laughs> here's yeah to the top uh not to the tippy top let's let's be a little bit more like I that is that too high. B.D. Wong's White Rose and Mr. I mean, Robot I, currently is sitting at number three behind Rami Malek and Bill Hader. It wouldn't surprise me if we've given B.D. Wong the best male actor role or the best male actor, Baldy, every year he's been eligible because that role is just built to win awards, in my opinion. Sure. It's one of those things where like, oh, Dustin Hoffman, of course he won for Rain Man. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's it's just one of those things that is it, the range required is so... This is also this is also an Large. endangered animal. Like ten years from now, you're never going to see a gay man play a trans woman. I think it's it's interesting in this you, and like you, I've never seen. Right. I've it seen would a, be a little, trans man or trans woman playing. Yeah, I've seen a wrong? little bit of grumbling in that. Um, you know, like well, why can't? But like also, they make a big deal out of the duality of his role, where he has to play very masculine. Yeah. Uh, as his public persona and right. then you know feminine as his true self as White Rose um, but like yeah like, you, and like I think these types of performances like the Jared Leto's of the Dallas Blyers you're just not going to see them very and, and for rightly so like if you got a person you know that, that, that more fits the role then you should you should use that yeah I know it's called acting but <laughs> and I think like the the role of white rose in the story like the the things that white rose as a character is meant to do mm. half they require a level of acting that is no less than what bd wong brings to it mm-hmm. oh like because you don't believe the story if you don't believe the character her like some of the unhinged laughter and like you know how dare you call me what was it like uh say i don't care i forget exactly mm-hmm. like her sparring with uh uh elliot at the nuclear reactor uh was just amazing like you felt yeah. like you were catching fire watching it mm-hmm. um so i think i don't think bd can get higher also he he's had the most fun being white rose his twitter uh feed was a delight throughout the whole season yeah um but i think he's he's not gonna be able to overcome bill Hader because hmm. you're you're talking about bill Hader did a lot of range and did a lot of uh amazing stuff and he did it through that the entire season as the lead of the uh, of of the show mm-hmm. and certainly Mr. Wong did not. I yeah, I I don't know that I agree, but how strongly do I want to 
fight for this when I know there are actually people who are probably going to edge out others here. Okay. Well, you want to keep going then? Yeah. Okay. Scoot McNary is Tom Purcell from True Detective. So he's I, I've never not seen a this minor role. I've never seen this Scoot. Also, this Scoot. Yeah. This is a very this distinct scoot. scoot. Yep. Uh, and he has a lot of uh, I, he grief was li- to portray. This is kind of like Fargo season three Scoot. That was not a very long lived Scoot. Remi- refresh my memory. He's on? the guy that got the uh, air conditioner dropped on him, right? He was one of the parole uh, the parolees okay. that uh, Ewan McGregor was taking was, yeah. was keeping his eye on. This is almost the exact same role now that I think about it. Yeah, there's a lot of grief. Um, yeah, portrayed here, which I think suits Scoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a it's a you know for being the father of the murdered child. I think there's there's not a whole lot for him to do. Throughout right. the season, it doesn't focus on him. He's a supporting actor for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to like? I'm kind of fine with leaving where he's at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's leave him there. Uh, another one I'm kind of fine with leaving where he's at. Anthony Starr is John, uh, the Homelander, Homelander from really? the Boys. Really? Because I, I think he's. He's terrifying in a way that I've not seen before, and maybe that's just the character. Maybe it's just a power inherent yeah. in Homelander. But like the way he schmoozes a crowd and then immediately turns around and kills a bunch of people or dooms a bunch of people in an airplane. Yeah, he's a sociopath. Like, yeah, the, that flip-flop, that switch that flips on and off in his head is intensely interesting to me. Um, and Anthony Starr is able to do that. Very I saw this guy toil for obscurity as the lead on Banshee for years and have that like he's so fucking intense and dangerous, but he was a good guy. Like, you know, he's like an anti hero at the heart of Golden. Yeah. This is like he plays that like, you know, big blue Boy Scout Superman character, but he's an actual scary psychopath. It's great. I just don't know like who who do you put him above? Um I mean, yeah, if you want to, like... In my mind, he's going to, like, the top 10 currently. Really? Because I I think he starts having trouble right around here. Like, maybe he gets over that, like, there, maybe. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it, I I guess, like, the highest, like, this is as far as the top I I would... Because I could actually make an argument. Because that's the thing, is, like, there's a rock, paper, scissors with some of this stuff. It's like... Well, he's not better than this, but he's definitely better than that. But he's in but it less. He's in, yeah, 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 the, yeah. The character is more the star here than the actor, yeah. So you like this or oh, I, that was that was that's a so do, do you want him underneath? Do, do, is he better than Steven Root? I I Barry? think he's better than everybody except maybe Vera. All right. So Villars. that means he's right at number 9, right underneath Elliot Villar. That's how I feel about it. I was Who's really Fernando impressed Vera by the character. From Mr. Robot. Okay. Uh, let's go down to James Franco as Vincent Martino, Frankie Martino. This guy's got to be t- uh, top five. Like, he's better than B.D. Wong? The, the, okay, here's the thing. I don't think any one of these characters is particularly hard to play. But he didn't play both. both of them. Like, he carries entire thing. scenes by himself with his identical twin brother, who is <laughs> right. himself. No, it's it's impressive. And, and, and the, the personalities are night and day. Yeah, like, I don't, like, they used to do a lot with, like, makeup and costume to yeah. tell. But, like, by the end of the series, I could tell just by looking at them, like, looking at the way they walked. Right. Look at the way, like, they, they held their shoulders. Like, he's doing... Hearing the voice. And yeah, I compare this to, like, what Ewan McGregor did in Fargo. And it's, like, uh, like a, it makes it look like a junior high production. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you. So I, I think he's like at the number three spot right now, right above BD Wong and, 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 uh, right behind Bill Hader. I will say it's, it's harder to differentiate, differentiate a Vincent Martino from a Frankie Martino than it is a a minister Zhang from white Rose. That's true. Because a lot of the character is doing that for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas you have to bring that to the character of Vincent and Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let's leave him there and see how this shakes out. How about Chris Coy as Paul Hendrickson from The Deuce? Man, his story is so sad. Yeah. So sad. Uh, I 
I mean, there's so many things he gets to do in this season. Um, there's the, you know, like we talked about this a lot on the podcast of like, you know, what kind of trauma it inflicted on an entire generation of gay men to live through the AIDS crisis, especially if you're in a major metropolitan area where it's just like, you know, taken Not to out. Mention you ran a club for those people, right? And you know, he's like trying to be yeah, a were... he's trying to be a civic minded community leader. He's trying to be an aggrieved, uh, you know, he's a grieved uh, lover of uh, his boyfriend who's dying of AIDS. Uh, he's uh, probably a victim himself. Um, he gets to then play like this really tough scene where he's trying to make peace with his dying boyfriend's parents. Mm-hmm. And this, he's not even this, the, his, his boyfriend's not even aware enough to like hold on to car. And he's like carrying all this on himself. Uh, and then, you know, he has I, to tell them that he's passed. It's super, super heartbreaking. And yeah. I think that he, I'm going to start the bidding at him being better than Homelander. Oh Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, I think he's better than Fernando Vera for Mr. Robot. I think he's better. He's better than Amos. He's better than the priest. Better than Julio Torres. BD Wong. I think he's better than BD Wong. But I don't know, man. Like BD, like like White Rose's backstory episode mm-hmm. is. I don't know. It's a mess. It doesn't work as well. But then again, they didn't have 10 episodes. The, the, you know, not only 10 episodes, but going like, you know, Paul and his boyfriend's relationship goes back to last season as well. They yeah. didn't have all that to work with. So, um, it's, it's a conversation to be had. I think he's slightly nudges out Mr. Wong. What do you think? Uh, let's leave him here for now. Cause I, I have a feeling we're going to have to revisit this chunk. Sure. This like four through seven chunk. Um, Mustafa Shakir as Big Mike uh, on the Deuce is always kind of like one of my fan, like my as a fan favorite characters. Yeah, he's great, and I was worried that he wouldn't have a lot to do this season, and he didn't. He but then but... he came down with AIDS himself, mm-hmm. and there's this fantastic scene he gets to share with Vincent in the cabin where he's kind of looking back on his life and kind of like the burn bright, burn briefly nature of it, and how like he doesn't have any regrets. Uh, and that yeah. like really elevated that that kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. or th- that 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 moment when he walked out of the club, like you know, like uh, you know, like like being done with that. He, they, he did he did a lot of uh, I don't know, like a lot of good bro performance. Yeah, for sure. That's but, like there's like a genre of like two men that are like emotionally buttoned down that love each other and they can't say it like that. Yeah, but, he did a good bro performance, but there wasn't a lot. And that's yeah. that's the downfall of this role, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. he just doesn't get the opportunities to do what he's clearly capable of, based on that one scene. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him above Stephen Root on Barry. Well, how's that sit with you? Uh, man, maybe Tim Blake Nelson needs to go higher. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a tough tough uh, tough list this year. Yeah, it really is. There were some great performances. Okay, let's leave him there for now because okay. honestly, anything that's not top 10, I don't care too much about. Here's the thing. Thaddeus Street is Black Frankie and the Deuce. He's essentially, uh, he, he had a lot of, I, the the things I really loved about him is like his reactions to uh, shit. Bobby. Uh, y- yeah, Bob, like Bobby's <laughs> completely inability to run this brothel uh-huh. with any kind of like actual competition or business things to worry about and him just being like, in constant disbelief at this man's incompetence. Now, he's the guy really running the show there. He really is, but you know, uh, and him's like swinging in like he had that thing where it's like you you knew he was a, a combat. Uh, he he'd seen combat or like maybe he was a. Did, did I make this up in my mind that he's a combat medic in Vietnam or is that established? Uh, I don't think he's a combat medic. He was certainly in the yeah. war though. But that guy, he goes instantly and trakes this guy in a hotel yeah. room because he's dying and he doesn't want. Uh, like I, I don't know. He's. But he doesn't have a lot of like he he plays like this all with the bravado of like a Terminator. Yeah, he's just calm and cool in any yeah. situation he's in. He's Brad Pitt and Ad Astra. His his heart rate yeah. never got over forty five this entire season. Even when he's going uh-huh. down to Rikers, when he's that's he's he's. Does that hurt his chances here? I think that so. He just plays this one note cool guy through he's the just, whole thing. He's just really fucking cool. He's slightly above Joey Badass and and Mister Robot but he's very, very, very cool. 
Um, I don't know what to do with them. Is he fine where he's at? I just kind of want to talk about him, recognize that he did really good work on a really good show. Yeah, he did, but I think he's okay. Here. Okay. Jared Harris as Valerie Legosov and Chernobyl. Now, here's the thing. This is a great role in a great show, but he's playing like an emotionally buttoned down Russian. Uh, he probably gets to dem demonstrate more than almost anybody else, but yeah. still like, I mean, look, let's put him above Elliot Fillar as the opening bid. Can he get over Jeremy? Can he get over Jeremy Irons? If he gets over Jeremy Irons and I don't like, I think he stops at like Chris Coy. Right now he's at number hmm. 10 spot right underneath Jeremy Irons uh, from the Watchmen. And if he gets past that, I feel like he's going to go to Okay, to Chris let me Coy make territory. an argument for Jared Harris at number nine currently. Take him over Jeremy Irons. Okay. But I think he stops at West Chatham because West, West Chatham, he has never had a season to really shine. And I felt like this one more than any gave him the opportunity to do so because they're, you, well, I certainly gained a better understanding of who the show character Amos is in this season. When he loses his sight, mm -hmm. he's he's forced to grapple with some ideas that are very uncomfortable for him. Yeah, being completely vulnerable and dependent. Right, and West Chatham has never been asked to do that. He's never uh, been asked to do anything but be a, a machine right. in this show. Yeah, Amos, the character himself, hasn't been asked to do that since he's like five years old. Exactly, yeah. Um, and which is why it's so terrifying. So yeah, okay, um... Like I said, I love Jared Harris. I thought he did a great job. It's it's not quite the showcase he had in the, the season yeah. one, the terror, but yeah, but it is really strong. Is he, man? I have a hard time. Is he better than West Chatham? I think so. There's more there. Like I said, I'm I'm kind He's, of him just wrestling with the idea that this is could be a global catastrophe. <laughs> uh huh. Or certainly a large regional catastrophe. Plus, he plays that like you know, like we talked about. He's like torn between multiple worlds like he's like the bad cop to the politburo but he's also kind of trying to good cop the rest of the scientists and that like he's kind of caught in this uh here's the fucking thing with the expanse i think the expanse is perhaps the best one of the best shows on television mm -hmm. it's definitely the best sci-fi show on television right now mm -hmm. it's more entertainment than it is to be taken very seriously mm -hmm. for the most part and the, the parts of it that are very serious uh, are broader in scope than a yeah, single there's, actor's there's, performance. There's, yeah, it's, there's a lot of allegory there, but it's not the right. work of any one person. Whereas Jared Harris, that that Chernobyl thing is very serious and very heavy and and important in the same ways that a lot of the Expanse stuff is. Like, uh -huh. but it's like you know, it's like as much as I like uh, Stellan Skarsgård, he's the one we talk about. Is his Boris Sherbina is kind of ah, you know, oh, yeah. ah, not good, not great, not ter not not great, not terrible. Uh, he's <laughs> Half of it is just Stellan Skarsgård clearing his throat perpetually and uh -huh. never changing ex uh, vocal or facial expression. Yeah, and I, I believe Jared Harris is better than Stellan Skarsgård, or he's given a meteor role at least. Yeah, but like that's that's that, that's the thing. It's like this guy's not, you know, they're, he's he's they're not swinging for the emotional fences here. No, the heavy how, how lifting feel... is the heavy lifting is done by just seeing these people in this situation and thinking, oh my god. Right. You know the, the terror of the scenario. How, how do you feel about Jared Harris at eight? I'm like I said, I'm prepared to put him at six. Because like, okay, if you make the argument that he's better than West, why why is he not better than Andrew Scott and Priest or a Priest on Fleabag? Why is he not better than the goofy uh, Julio Torres portrayal at Los Spookies? I can tell you exactly why he's not better than Chris Coy. I, I think the Andrew Scott the is doing something that's more subtle. And, okay, and frankly, harder to to convey the the right emotions. Like Chernobyl, it's pretty easy, right? You know what you're supposed to be feeling in any scene. Mm -hmm. And Jared Harris gets those emotions out of you, but he isn't asked to do anything particularly difficult. Okay. Uh, Whereas Andrew Scott's doing work in the gray areas, and that's hard to me. Let's talk about Stellan Skarsgård, who plays the aforementioned Boris Sherbina. Yeah, not as high as Jared Harris. Right? Um, what are we thinking? Is he better than Tim Blake Nelson? Because, like, to me, that's where... Hmm. Now, is Tim Blake Bels Nelson better than where he's at? I don't know. But, like, I, I feel like that's the role that's kind of analogous. Okay, Steven Strait versus Stellan Skarsgård. The double S versus double S. I put him, I put him above Steven Strait. 
feel bad because I'm putting him above a man who I just said essentially doesn't change facial expression and just talks like this. Uh, and, that's what I'm thinking. And, and, like. and the guy who wears the tin foil over his face for 90% of his scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe Skarsgård should have covered his face in foil. There you go. That's all I'm saying. And then maybe he'd be 19. Maybe he wouldn't have died of whatever weird cancer if he covered more of his body with uh, <laughs> some reflective shiny metal just surface. Lead. Just lead shield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, do we want to argue for him going higher? Not much, and it ultimately is inconsequential, so no. All right. Mahershala Ali, Wayne Hayes, True Detective Season 3. And Stephen Dorff to the top. To the top? I want to see them go to the top, and then we can talk about it. Okay. All right. They, well, shit. Yeah. No, come on. They are now at the tippy top. That feels good. Okay. Um, is Mahersha Ali better than Rami Malik? Final season of True Detective, or um, I say no. Maybe both. Of, of, I was yeah. amazed at how well Mahershala was able to portray three different eras of the same man. Mm -hmm. Like when he his old man performance is fantastic. Strong. Yeah. Uh, especially when you talk about it in terms of an old man with some form of dementia. I uh -huh. I was very, very impressed. Plus, you want to talk dying breed? How many roles uh, that portraying conservative black men are you going to get in your career? Because mm. that's exactly like... The, and I thought that was something that was really funny, like watching uh you know Wayne uh duel with a much more liberal counterculture mm -hmm. uh embedded in the black power movement uh Amy yeah Amelia uh that was one of the treats of the season so like I think he's really good he's I think he's not as he's he's doesn't you know he doesn't have the role it, it's 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 not as good as role as Elliot Alderson on Mr. Robot especially in the final season but he's better than Bill Hader, probably. Like, he he might be my number one pick on this. You could definitely make that argument. Um, because like, but yeah. maybe we'll talk about Rami and Marshall because I think they are the number one and two. Yeah, and Bill Hader is almost certainly number three. All right, so let's. What are we going to do, with Stephen Dorff? He's going to be underneath the top four, the top three. So right now we got Rami as one, which might be switched with Marshall as two. Um, those are Mr. Robot and True Detective uh, Bill Hader from this Barry. This is killing me. Uh, Steven Dorff is not as good as James Franco from The Deuce, I say. Not as good as B.D. Wong. Not as good as Chris Coy, but that's probably as far as, he, as, far as he's going to fall because then he starts getting to the funny roles. And I actually think what he did there, like kind of playing the heartbroken uh Dealing with this old man that he has enmity with, but also is not mm -hmm. all there and has got some dementia and how he switched from like really being mad at him to realizing his limitations and the compassion and empathy that flows from there. Uh, I really, I really like that. I remember thinking when I saw True Detective season three that that scene on the porch between Hershali and Steven Dorff was the best piece of acting that I had seen to, to that point this year. Which was like <laughs> it was early March. in the year, yeah, or or the best I guess recent piece of action. Sure, yeah, uh huh. All working through aging makeup, yeah. man. And then I remember thinking the same about B.D. Wong in the backstory episode for White Rose. Mm -hmm. Do I remember thinking that about James Franco? That's a pretty good way to look at it. There were, there, I mean, how how do you how do you turn your nose up at the scene where he's acting against himself dying on the floor <laughs> yeah playing like, his own brother dying it's man it's difficult there's some comedy there God too because the early right. stages of frankie's like amateur porn distributor career was really funny um i think i'm coming around on steven dorf might be number eight because i think of those moments with Chris Coy as Paul in the Deuce, and because I remember the episode where he's dealing with his boyfriend's parents as being some of the best acting I've ever yes, seen too. I like was just just like tired in his soul, and I'm okay separating Mahershala from Stephen Dorff here because of the added dementia wrinkle. Yeah. 
And you didn't like, the uh, way uh, Stephen. You that. never got to see his interior, his home life, like a little bit, but like you know, a little bit. He, he was <laughs> he was supporting <laughs> to to Mahershala Star for sure. I agree. Okay. Goddamn. Yeah. Everybody is so fucking good at the top of this list. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's talk about Ian McShane as Mister Friday American Gods. <laughs> no, this was the cutoff, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. I don't. I think yeah. now we just have to maybe sort this top ten. Make sure we're okay with this top ten. Okay, and we're is, good. Is, are we good with this? I God damn it, West Chatham getting not making. He got a cut. edged out, didn't he? Is there anybody that you would swap him for? Man, I can't see it. I'm really not seeing a path to West on the top ten here. Yeah, you hose over Jared Harris. <laughs> I mean, Jared Harris did. I think <laughs> just win by fee, last fan year. Fiat. Did Jared Harris? Did Jared Harris win for nah, the terror? No, because the terror year? was like two years ago, or two. Did he win two years ago for that? <sighs> did he? I don't know. Let me see. Because I'm I'm willing to show a little bias keep... here on the tail end of the list. Uh, Baldy. <laughs> a little recency see. and win uh, bias. So let's see. Spread the Baldy actor. love around. Oh wow, shit! He did win last year for the terror. Ne- uh, nudged out the Gary Carr as the deuce from the deuce. Uh, Bill Hader as Barry. Yeah, I thought he might have. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I still think it's not fair. No, I agree. But do you want to do it at the tail end of this list with the caveat that if people watching these deliberations, just, they know, they know we just wanted to get West. So what what expands get the number four show overall this year? Uh, that sounds right to me, but and yet I don't think a single person cracked the top 10 of our acting list. Drama expanse number three. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, spoiler alert! If you haven't watched that one yet, sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, Avasarala didn't crack the top ten. No, on acting. So like, it's weird that you got a number three show that has, you know, like this is always the, you know, you you got a show that's. Uh, well, I, I think I I stated why I think that is because it's a more entertaining show, which doesn't give the characters super meaty things to do. That's true. They're, they're more fantasy characters, right? They're like, they're more surface level characters. And yet we, we had no problem with like Peter Dinklage, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like, yeah, Amos His didn't have like a season for Tyrion. He, arc he, he has tiny little moments. That's the thing about Amos. He has moments that hit yes. throughout the season, but it's like, a 15 second moment the, it's not you know, it's a monologue i'm that guy how about now i'm free now right thank you those are like iconic that's a 30 second scene that is perfect uh-huh but it's not a five minute monologue right yeah. where the character has to break down into tears and and he is playing an emotionally repressed kind of you know psychopath himself so like i, I okay it's it, it, that stings <laughs> It stings, but fair. It's yeah. fair. All right. Is anybody else? Say, like, it stings I for think... me that Elliot Villar is not higher on this list because I, I do really respect what he was able to bring to a character that is kind of, in some ways, fundamentally silly. But yeah, I'm not willing to fight for him on the top Nobody 10. Nobody in the Watchmen made it in the top 10? Uh, is that true? That is true. Yeah. I mean, I think the star performance was Regina King. Who did make it into the top ten? Oh yeah, she made it. The, I think the top three, if not the top two. Um, that's weird. I know you're really holding a Villar-shaped torch for <laughs> for Villar, yeah. Vera there. Um, I am, but I, I understand he's not going to make it on the list. Um, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm good with this top ten. Um, I, let's see if it's okay. So Rami Malek better than Mahershala, but that's hard to say. But it's also you know, God, I just I just think about the scene where he is has what, the breakthrough. It, yeah, I was gonna say is what what Rami did in that five act play better than anything that Mahershala did in True Detective. I never know where to weigh really powerful performances. Yeah. Like Rami Malek has to give a truly powerful performance. It's showy. But very it's very showy. showy. And and that's where I get hung up. I'm like, oh, is subtlety better? Is like playing in the shades of gray better than having a big standout showy scene where you can really just let it all out there? But I think it was warranted in Rami in Elliot Alderson's case. Mm-hmm. Like this is a moment where he needs to have a showy display. Like this is this is a turning point in his life. Whereas Mahershala doesn't ever have a turning point in in his life. 
we kind of just get to see the entirety of the life, right? Mm -hmm. And the nuance brought to that is impressive, though not as showy as what Rami does. Right. And, you know, Red, okay. also Mr. Elliot's talking in, a, in a, a time period where, like, you know, men are going to therapy and taking medication and talking. About, and whereas, mm -hmm. you know, this guy, this other setting was in where guys didn't do that. They yeah. just repressed and didn't Dealt talk about it. it. And yeah. that was one of the frustrations of her, him and his wife is that, you know, he would have all this anger and stuff he'd bring home from work. But, um, yeah, I'm okay. So I'm fine with Bill Hader being at three. Then I'm fine with James. Okay, how are you with James Franco and BD Wong? I'm borderline, but this the the distinctiveness between Vincent and Frankie, I think, is what pushes it over the edge to me. Okay, uh, what about BD Wong or Chris Coy uh, as Paul Hendricks, Hendrickson from The Deuce? I think I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm good actually. With this list. I think I'm fine with everything. And we actually had two comedic actors crack the top ten. I I don't know if that's how often that's happened um, yeah Fle fleabag is such a borderline comedy for me it's like loads of spookies is ridiculous it's only comedy man really Hader got third place but last year too did he yeah oh, there's okay. A okay there's a bunch of uh uh brian tyree uh, tyree henry got as a uh, paper boy from atlanta hmm. uh donald glover i've seen that from atlanta this will be the year that i finally go back and watch atlanta Ed I think when the, you, when you, the fourth season comes it'd be a real out. treat it'd be a real treat yeah um because the other thing is like i didn't put anybody on legion on here because it wasn't actually bald move coverage uh, but i don't know because hmm. I, I don't know who would have sniffed the top 10 in this murder i mean i don't know maybe maybe you'd have uh maybe you'd have somebody yeah uh maybe you'd have um shit i've forgotten david from legion maybe he'd he'd be there like in the seven eight spot Maybe the guy that played Farouk would be there. Um, hmm. but yeah, we got a top. That's a that's a pretty good top ten list. I think so. All right, done with the male actor deliberations.